This is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you tuning in tonight. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in and take control of the airwaves. We let anyone bring up uh, whatever's on their mind. And we're open to talking about anything on the show. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And, you know, Free Talk Live is a show that's live every night of the week. Every single night we do a show for you. Uh, How many talk radio shows can say that? Not too many that I know. Not too many at all. Yeah. Also, we give away uh, those shows. We give them away for free. Uh, All you have to do is go to archives.freetalklive.com, and you can download as archives back to 2006. Uh, It's been only been about a year since we've been doing the uh, seventh the Sunday show, but there's at least six days a week all the way back to 2006. It's a lot of content. That is a treat for our listening uh, listeners' ears. So, Mark, you know, uh, we do, this is, of course, a show where you can call about anything, but we do have some uh, stuff that we wanted to discuss tonight. I was really interested when you were telling me uh, before the show started about some hybrid vehicles that the government bought in some municipality that were just lost for yep. five years from the, and never used from the file uh, from the only government can be this incompetent <laughs> file um apparently hundreds this is from autoblog.com written by uh, chris tudor hundreds of five-year-old municipal vehicles were found in miami that had never been used have you ever bought a brand new car only to forget where you put it how about no. <laughs> 300 of them? And this is, you know, this first sentence really addresses the inefficiencies that are inherent inside of a, an organization like a government. Uh, because governments don't make money. They, they, steal, they steal it. Yeah. They, yeah, they demand <laughs> they money from their citizens and they don't. So they don't make it and they don't have, uh, you know, the same incentives to be efficient. And only a government could buy three hundred hybrid vehicles well they were concerned enough with being energy efficient right but i guess they were super energy efficient because they never even drove them (laughs) yeah they bought them between 2006 and 2007 these weren't all bought at once they were put in some kind of warehouse storage and lost for like five years this is unreal yeah. It is. Uh, oh. The county discovered this fleet of no-mileage vehicles after reading about them in a Spanish-language newspaper down in Miami. <laughs> uh, most of the oh, misplaced better, motorcade better. is made up of Toyota Prius hybrids whose warranties either expired with very few miles um, on the Odo or will very soon. Looking to save some face, the county has rushed at least 123 of the hybrids into service. The Toyota warranty covered the hybrid bits for eight years or 100,000 miles, but we're not sure um, if that covers cars parked for five of those eight. We're also not sure, because this isn't good for a car. I mean, you no. know, yeah, parts cars need, need to be, be driven, yep. you know, things need to be lubricated, That's right? exactly right. They need lubrication. <laughs> yeah. They need, you know, the... Need oil on their well. Parts. It's like if you just sat on your butt for twenty years, it'd probably be bad for wouldn't you be very healthy. Yeah, there's certainly some parallels to that. Uh, the county, as you probably guessed, is looking into how so many cars were lost. The leading theory is that they might be part of Carlos Alvarez's time as mayor. He was the mayor during the period the Toyotas were purchased, but a 
2011 recall elections successfully removed him from office. Apparently, the voters felt, among other reasons, that he had been behind multiple acts of misappropriation of funds. Apparently, misappropriate didn't didn't even know we could misappropriate 300 cars here. We tried to contact Toyota to see what kind of warranty support these cars would get, if any. Um, there's no luck so far. They'll um, they say they'll update you with their response. You know, wow. I mean, it's just it's so much waste. Yeah. Stunning you know, and amount think, of waste. Think of the people who had to pay for these, who were forced to pay for these cars. You know, their tax money was taken from them. They didn't want to pay it. And maybe they were having trouble making ends meet and they could have really used that however many dollars. How was, many businesses went out of business from 2006 till now? Yeah. Or I guess they purchased them from 2006 to 2007. Well, I guess the car With dealership business, was doing pretty well, huh? <laughs> they, they, apparently. They probably bought them directly Levo from no. Toyota. Yeah. Um, but, you know, would those businesses have stayed in business if they had been able to keep the property taxes for the year 2006 and year 2007? And by the way... Renters pay property tax through the overhead inside of their rent. Yeah. If a, you know, I mean, if if none of the landlords had property taxes to pay, then the property then they could charge a lot less, they, and they would want to do that because they want to get as many clients as they can. Well, or renters, it, they don't right? want to charge less. They want to be in, um, you know, reasonable competition with the other rent landlords out sure. there who would then have. You know, less overhead would be able, be able to charge less. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's really what sets prices is supply and demand. But you know, I mean, how many how many businesses went out of business? How many people sold their home because they wouldn't be able to afford to pay the taxes? Right. All because the county needed three hundred cars so it could sit there and lose them every time a government agency. You're always talking about all oh, the poor people and how the the government's poor and all that stuff. Look at the terrible, colossal mismanagement of these kinds of funds. Yeah. Wow. And it really just goes to show sort of the point about corporate welfare, you know, how this how Toyota has benefited from oh, this sure. from this taking of money from people involuntarily and you know the government writes a contract up with Toyota and then they get a bunch of hybrids that they never use. And uh, yeah, not a not a penny was collected in warranty service here. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if the 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 oil changes. Nothing was done. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can't imagine any of these things is going to run for very long. It can't be very good for a car to sit for five years. No. I mean, I don't know everything about hybrids, but I, I guess they have a combustion engine in them, and I wouldn't want to be buying a car that had sat for five years. <laughs> and so if you're looking uh, in the hybrid marketplace, you might want to keep an eye out. Uh, this picture is all white ones, but uh, where did it come from? You're going to want to know because Carfax isn't going to tell you that this car sat for five years. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen to these. Put a yeah. bunch of stinking lemons out on the uh, the, the market there. Right. And, yeah, I don't. This is. What were they going to do with the cars? Like, what was it ostensibly for? Were they going to turn well, them into cop cars or something? A lot of hybrids. I don't think a hybrid's going to make a very good cop car. But no, a lot of, I didn't think so either. <laughs> a lot of, like, county workers and that kind of thing. I Pretty see. much everything else that somebody does that okay. doesn't require a pickup truck or a car with the uh, kind of suspension that police... Police cars usually have a good size engine in them, but they're really... It's not about the engine with police cars. It's usually about the suspension. Mm-hmm. Driving over curbs and things like that, they need to be prepared to do. Um, so, and of Pulling course... Pulling people over. 
Well, you know, they have to be able to catch up to them, and, and hybrid isn't going to be really great for that. It's, you know, it, th- these cars are not <laughs> going to be yeah. good cop cars. <laughs> right. They might be fine for meter maids or something like that, depending on how they do their um, their their uh, parking regulations in Miami-Dade County, if they have any at all. A lot of them use those little uh, Cushman carts that have, you know, pretty much no doors, and the the, the meter the meter uh, person little can, golf carts, yeah, yeah, can well, it's, it's not really a <laughs> golf cart, but they can lean out with a little uh, chalk bag and hit the tires. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. that convenient? Well, well you Mark, know. you know, we do have some uh, calls on the line, actually, right. so let's go right to the phones. We've got Mike in Missouri who wants to talk about a, a point summit from 2010, and he's listening on XM. Mike, are you with us? Hi, you guys. Hey, Mike. Hey, um, I was looking at some videos last night, and I was watching uh, a lot of the footage of the G20 summit that took place in 2010. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm noticing the G20. Every- Just to get that clear, Mike, you're talking about the G20 summit. Yeah, okay. I believe it was in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. Okay. And I'm, I'm noticing a lot of times. This is I, I live in Arizona, and it's like um, everybody's armed in Arizona, and probably half of the residents of Phoenix have an AR-15. And I'm just and I'm telling you, when people get together at the state capitol in Arizona. Everybody carries their AR-15 across their back, and everybody has their pistol. And the police, you'll see about four or five bike, bike officers, and that's it. And, there's, I mean, there's no cops when people get together in Arizona and Phoenix. Uh, yeah. the, you know, there's no cops in riot gear. It's just it, in places where everybody's armed, the police act differently. And I'm watching all this footage of protests, um, the Occupy Wall Street stuff, and it, uh, these cities where people aren't allowed to have guns, these cops are out of control. Out of there control. is a big, big difference. Yeah, and the G twenty, especially there. You know, there's all these political leaders there, well, so called. And what would happen if the G twenty was in Phoenix? Because a lot of they people would probably come, never have it there, right? I don't know. A lot of people come to the G twenty specifically to raise some cane. Um, you know, they're yeah, they're upset. And I don't know how things would go. I mean, would. Would people be laying dead in the street as a result? It's a good question. Oh, Mike, hang on the line with us if you would. I uh, want to talk more about this when we return. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. What are your thoughts? The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Did you know they're having a conference? You could meet fellow forward thinkers and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming, for-profit seasteading sector. It's May 31st to June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. Discounted registration prior to May the 1st. Special rates for students and the press. Get 10% off with promo code FTL. Get registered before May the 1st at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Seasteading.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You can call us at 855-453-STEPHANIE. Stephanie here with you. And Mark. And we're so glad you've joined us this evening. I want to remind you that Free Talk Live is a show. uh, Well, we're live, if you're listening right now, every night uh, from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, that's the best way to say it, because if you say we're live right now and it's recorded and then they hear it at 9 o'clock tonight (laughs) or whatever, then they're confused. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to figure out the best way. (laughs) But but I do want to let you know that you can uh, not only listen to the show, but if you want to see us do the show live, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. And Mark is is, uh, taking us all to the gun show right That's now. Right. Oh, I got a cramp. Showing off his ink, too. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to see what we look like, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. 
And uh, Mark, we do have some calls on the line. You want to get to them? I do in just a second. But I want to tell everybody about the Seasteading Institutes. Uh, they've, they've oh, this a, sounds really cool. I heard this ad before. They've got a conference going on. If you're out there anywhere on the West Coast, this is, I think, a, a must-see. It's certainly worth folks uh, from elsewhere going out and uh, and checking it out. But it's in San Francisco from May the 31st to June the 2nd at La Meridian Hotel. So it's the end of next month. You're a month away from this. Um, the, you know, we're really close to the deadline as far as uh, discounted registration, May the 1st. So this is uh, for people that want to go meet fellow forward thinkers, entrepreneurs, investors, engineers, ocean law experts, maritime professionals, and discover where they might fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. There's going to be, you know, all kinds of ways to make your fortune. And this really is, you know, a burgeoning new area uh, as far as uh, people. People are going to make a lot of money in the seasteading sector. It's uh, from May the 31st to June the 2nd, as I said. La Meridian Hotel, San Francisco. Discounted registration prior to May the 1st. Then it's like two days left. Special rates for students in the press. You can get uh, 10% off with coupon code F. T-L. What if you're a student and the press? <laughs> I don't know if it doubles. <laughs> By the way, I'm interested in that. If you are the press, always mention student and press rates when you get a hotel room. Yes, um, it, it's uh, it can it can be very media helpful. rate. Right? Yeah. yeah, look for the media rate. Uh, you can get registered before May the first. at seasteading dot dot com. Seasteading dot dot com. Very cool. All and right. Steading is like going steady. <laughs> is it? Well, I, 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 you know, it's, I thought it's it was like homesteading, but on the sea. That's right. Yes. Okay, Mark. Let's go back to the phones. We've got a lot of calls on the line. Uh, Paul in Berkeley, New York, is with us, and he'd like to talk. Oh, by the way, Mike. We were talking with Mike in the last segment. He dropped off, but it was if that was a technical difficulty, uh, he's welcome to call back because we weren't really finished with that conversation. I felt like yet. he had made. He he made. He probably felt like he made his his point. You know. Whatever. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Oh, he's, oh he's back on the line. Okay. But, uh, that's fine, too. All right. Let's go to Mike because he's back. So, Mike, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, are you here with us? Yeah, I'm sorry about that, you guys. No problem. Hey, uh, my whole point in saying that is I'm so frustrated, and, and this is the thing that I have a fear of, is, uh, you know, if one person stands up and says, I'm not going to take this anymore and tries to make a stand... They're going to get cut down. But what if a sure. thousand people get together? You know, it's when two hundred people have have AR-15s. What well, can the what, police? What do kind then, of a stand you know? do you mean, Mike? Because if I saw a bunch of people with AR-15s, uh, I might I might wonder about violence. Yeah, I you think know? I might go the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, you know, with everything that people talk about and all the things that I hear about. You know, checkpoints and and Department of Homeland Security and thirty thousand drones flying by the by the end of next year. And I, I just there there is a mild martial law in effect in our country right now. I'd agree. What happens when there's NATO troops? What happens when? Did you hear about the Russian soldiers that are going to be in Denver? Uh, they always there's always every year uh, there will be a story about foreign troops. Don't worry about it. You're going to you know they, it's been going on since the mid '90s when I looked at this. You know there's somebody's always there's always some story about that this that or the other. But I'd like to make a point to you on this, and I think it's really important. I believe that every person has the right to protect themselves and own tools, and if those tools fire pieces of lead out the end of them, fine and dandy. 
However, if you think for a second that a thousand people with AR-15s can stand against the force and the might of the greatest military force the world has ever seen, you are sadly mistaken. They've got yeah. bombs that they can fly from a half a world away that will turn you into vaporized dust. They'll and they don't the care if there's collateral damage. The yeah. only kind, the absolute only kind of resistance that will have any kind of effect against these power-hungry despots is the kind that doesn't come from the barrel of a gun. It's people who not, not, not don't have the courage to get behind triggers, but have the courage to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not paying your taxes. I'm not going to do it. If you can get a thousand people to pick up AR-15s and armed revolution against the uh, the almighty state, then you should be able to get 10,000 people to stand, uh, stand up and say, I'm not paying taxes. Yeah, Gandhi did that, right? Mike? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, and I think that you're probably right about what you just said. Yep. And I just, you know, I just, I just feel a lot of frustration. I got you. I, yeah. I, I, I drive 11 hours a day, and I've got a lot of time to sit here yep. and think, and I. I ponder things all day, and sometimes I just feel like giving up. I I felt it a hundred times, Mike. I have, I have. And if you, you know, all you need to do is watch the military channel for one week. Take a look at Future Weapons, uh, the show. Take a look at, uh, you know, Triggers, the show. And you can see that these... these weapons that they have are just, they're on a world-class scale, and... There is no armed revolution in the new world, whatever it is. Well, and there are lots of ways to nonviolently resist. Oh, yeah. And it's it's very effective. Nonviolent resistance has become more effective in the last few decades than violent resistance. Absolutely. Hey, I hope that this what I'm going to say isn't offensive to Ian. But when I listen to your two of you together on Sunday night, just the, the camaraderie and the flow of things is so much more pleasant and peaceful it seems lately like ian is is so, he he wants to argue with you mark every night and i just sometimes <laughs> i want to turn it off because oh. there's so much conflict on the show but i love listening on sunday nights to you too oh thank, thank you. you so much mike and we really appreciate your call hang in there it's uh and look into nonviolent uh resistance because i think it may be uh hopeful to learn about that thanks a lot um yeah camaraderie mark i i looking at your chest from across the thing calms me what? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, well, we do have a couple more phone calls on the line, but but I do have to say, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> Mark's giggling because he's got me. <laughs> but I do have to say, I think we make a great team. Thank you. Yes. All right. Let's go to Paul uh, in Berkeley, New York. He wants to talk about tax waste. He's also listening on XM. Paul, are you with us? Yeah, hello. Hi, Paul. What's on your mind? Yeah, hi. Um, yeah. I was calling, um, I had a few things I wanted to discuss. I was also um, looking to support the other caller, Mike, who was talking about an armed revolution. I don't think an armed revolution would help. I think if we all got together, because if you see clearly, they're wasting our tax dollars. Oh, yeah. Our tax dollars are going to waste. It's like Not just waste, but actively taxes, hurting people, I would say. The, and when we actually do pay them, they get thrown in the garbage. So you clearly see it's a waste of time. Even paying them. So if we did get ten thousand people, that would be a better armed revolution. If we got ten thousand people to stand up and say, you know what, we're down with making these rich people more rich, down with paying these taxes, that would hurt them more 
You know, Paul, thanks for the call. We got to move on. Thank you. Um, you know, I support arming myself with knowledge, you know, and uh, with the Internet, it's sharing of information. They won't even fight you man to man. They'll bring in drones. It's Free Talk Live. You can call in 855-450-FREE. Violence or peace? I like peace. We'll be back. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're so glad you've joined us this evening. My name is Stephanie. And my name's Mark. And I want to let you know, uh, freetalklive.com is our website, and it's got so many cool features, including uh, the Listen subdomain, listen.freetalklive.com, where you can find all the ways you can get Free Talk Live into your ears, including the live streams, uh, radio affiliates, satellite, our webcam, and the Listen Lines. And the listen lines are like a thing you can call if you're actually on the road and you can't get Free Talk Live any other way. Right. There's a tele- they're, they're telephone. I don't even know how to describe it. It's a telephone <laughs> record, recording broadcast. It's a telephone broadcast of the show. Yeah. So you can listen that way. If it uh, if all else fails, it's uh, that's listen.freetalklive.com. And, you you know, that's how we set up the, the subdomains at Free Talk Live is something.freetalklive.com. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to make it easier for people to find. If you, go, if you take a wrong turn and you end up with a 404, you get a very interesting uh, little bit of me doing a, a parody <laughs> on uh, the, the, you know, the, the Raven uh, poem. I've seen this before. Yes. Yeah, it's it's almost worth just typing it's in some creepy. gobbledygook so yeah. you can just see that. <laughs> it's creepy and weird. Anyway, Mark, you know, the last segment we were talking a little bit about uh, civil resistance, basically. And uh, you had some thoughts on that that you wanted right. to share. You said right? on the way out, the, um, out you, that, uh, you know, what do you like? War or peace? And I don't think anybody particularly <laughs> is into war. Uh, I mean, you know, most people will tell you, unless well, hey, you're a weapons it's... manufacturer, uh, that peace is the best way for folks to live happy and fruitful lives. Well, I agree that a lot of people will say that, although I don't necessarily agree that a lot of people are completely peaceful in all their for instance, their personal interactions, a lot of people who claim to be peaceful will use tactics of psychological coercion, you know, especially on like kids or people who are less powerful than them. You know, they'll bully them that we have a story about that later on, you know, uh, that we'll read on the show about an autistic boy who's getting bullied. And but indeed, uh, you know, there's no even doubt romantic about it, partners. But... I mean, people use these these manipulation, uh, coercion, bullying, threats. Uh, fear. I just want to make a distinction. The distinction is civil resistance as opposed to armed resistance. Okay. So civil resistance is not peaceful necessarily um, because, I mean, you're resisting uh, the author- the, uh, some, some level of authority, whether that authority is a, an employer or, uh, you know, whatever. When it comes to employer, as far as I'm concerned, don't waste your time. Go on and, you know, yeah, get another get another job. Or make your own job. Le- leave, leave those people in their messed up lives to themselves and, and move yeah. along. The same, you know, same with any relationship that. Uh, doesn't work for you however governments they're not so good about uh, being broken up with um so (laughs) you can't i would love to be able to divorce myself from the state and yeah yeah, i'd like to be able to keep the property that i paid for yes uh, you know pretend that i actually own it i don't want their services either that's the other difference you know a lot of people don't want to pay for it but they want the stuff you know they want the goodies indeed (laughs) and 
you know, with the money that you save, you can then buy the services that you need from these organizations, um, you know, whatever, whatever they might be. And some people have a difficulty with that and some don't. Whatever. I'm, I'm not here to make a value. I'm not intending to make a value statement on that. All I want to say on it is civil resistance. It's extraordinarily effective. It's becoming more and more effective, um, you know, through media and through the Internet. That's yes. how these things are being done. And if you if you are upset, fed up to hear you know, I'm, I'm putting my hand above my head up to here with, uh, you know, the depredations of the state. There's a few things you can do. The Free State Project is one of them. Yes. Freestateproject.org. We have a thousand people have moved to New Hampshire in order to to get together for the ideas of liberty. And I know I know it's a big deal to give up where you are and your family and all those things. But if it's taking a psychological toll on you. You know, maybe maybe this is right for you. Yeah, maybe it's maybe not worth it. And, and, and trying it out, you, you'd see or whatever. But uh, check it out, freestateproject.org. There's always the Porcupine Freedom Festival to just uh, get a get a feel for uh, the Free State Project and what it might be like. And that's yeah. going on in uh, late June. Is that right? June 18th to the 24th. Although you and I will will be there June 17th, right, Mark? That's correct. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, going to do the show from there. And you can go check that out at PURC. F-E-S-T.com. That's uh, porkfest.com. Also, happyporcupine.info, I believe, has a little bit more complete listing uh, of the site, and uh, the schedule is there and the registration and stuff. So Happyporcupine.info. Exactly. Well, you can't beat that. Yeah. All right, Mark. Let's go back to the calls. Uh, Sterling has been waiting on the line in Austin, Texas, and I believe he wants to talk about, or, or she, I don't know, wants to talk about freedom of speech. And Sterling, are you with us? Yes. Good evening. What's on your mind? This is kind of past, but it happens every year. And so okay. I'm not sure if you're aware of the National Day of Silence. National Day of Silence. I've heard the, yeah, I've heard of it, but I don't really, it doesn't mean anything to me. Give us the executive summary, please. So the National Day of Silence is like the day of awareness among lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, and I I guess you could say queer, but I consider gay being queer. I, I see, I see that it's the same thing. But you could say LGBTQ, okay, as far as you know, a proper acronym. And so, um, this past before you go on, uh, you know, like when I was in school, queer might have been an epithet, but I think a lot of people have uh, picked it up as a. Um, as you know some kind of uh, banner that they they use for themselves what i think of as queer and i would actually describe myself as queer <laughs> and i just i just think queer means sort of maybe something that doesn't conform to completely straight and completely gender you know maybe strange right well i don't know if it's strange i mean because a lot of people could could fit well, that definition queer doesn't necessarily have anything to do with gender if you're using the term i mean you know queer can be anything well it could be gender queer like a lot of people who identify as kind of androgynous, maybe describe themselves as queer. Um, a lot of bisexuals describe themselves as queer. So anyway. is queer an insult to anybody? Um, it depends on what the context of the person saying it is. Because I've heard people like, uh, there was that scene in Borat where, not Borat, uh, what, what was the movie um, with Sasha Baron Cohen and Ron Paul where he hits on Ron Paul? Yeah, and then whatever. Ron Paul runs out of the room screaming, he's queer as blazes, right? <laughs> right. I think that was probably a derogatory way well, to use and, the and word Ron queer. Ron Paul's like 70 or you know, like 60 or, at the time or something like that. So one might have used the term at that time. Sure, yeah. And, you know, he if you were put on the spot like that, I mean, that was a really dirty trick. He could have said a lot of worse things. Well, sure, yeah. I think it speaks well of, uh, well of him, the, his reaction. 
Well, usually when I hear an older person use the word queer, I don't assume that they are queer friendly. I mean, maybe some of them are. I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume that. Anyway. Go ahead. Go on, Sterling. Sorry to interrupt you. Could I just, I guess, uh, cut in from the topic or whatever for a minute? I love you both. I mean, you guys are just, you guys are just LMFAO amazing. Well, thank you. (laughs) If y'all were next door neighbors, no offense, but you'd never get rid of me. I mean, just, <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all are so amazing. I wish I could meet you in person. That's, well, wow. go to the Porcupine so, Freedom Festival. We'll be there. Yep, that's where uh, everybody who wants to meet us can go. Please. So anyways, um, this past day, uh, now I'm a college student, but I was really involved with my high school and the uh, Gay Straight Alliance, uh, uh-huh. I guess, high school club. And so LGBTQ, or what it, uh, what the day of silence meant for me is that while I'm still kind of discovering myself and whatnot, I'm starting to see myself as a transsexual uh, lesbian in that. Transsexual lesbian. Okay. So you're a lesbian so, trapped in a man's body. Is that what you're saying? Basically. Okay. So like. I, I hear, I hear straight men make that joke, by the way, you know, yeah. that I'm I really think there's a probably lesbian. a coffee cup out there that says that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not exactly trying to make a joke, but like, okay, well, if, if you were to see me in person, you'd see that I look like a guy. Uh-huh. But I feel like I act, talk. You act what? I feel, think, act, and I feel I am a woman more than a guy, and so in that. Okay, like, and you're also like attracted I, to women. Right, oh, and I feel cool. like I'm such a lesbian in that I like women, but not like every other guy would. Gotcha. You know, I'm, I don't exactly care for sex or anything like that but more so just the friendly interaction with women. Well, I think lesbians care about sex. I mean, would you agree with that? Well, not exactly, or, I mean, from what I observe, not necessarily. You think they're less likely to, like, objectify a woman for and treat her as though she's only good for sex? Well, not exactly that, but, like, unlike... So, I favor silence over my voice. Okay. But, of course, in, in that of a phone call, I don't mind talking all right, Wait, Sterling, I I'm kind of curious. I, I'd like to hear a little bit more. If you don't mind, hang with us, please. I want to hear more about the National Day of Silence and how this all ties together. Transgender issues. Uh, it's Queer Talk Live. No, it's Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. Stay tuned. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am mad. Dirty ass. Take away everything you can get. Keep them alone with this affordable plan. I call it democracy. Four new songs from Raja Mojo. Buy them today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at CDBaby.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. 
We're so glad to have you with us this evening. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you can call us at 855-450-FREE. We've covered a lot of ground tonight, Mark. We've been talking about not only the government, you know, losing these hybrid vehicles that they taxed everybody for, but uh, also some civil resistance and even queer issues or LGBT. Hybrids and hybrids. Are you saying that that transgendered people are hybrids? Well, isn't that isn't hybrid to some extent what we're talking about here? I don't know. I, I, transgendered? I don't it's know if a it's joke. a hybrid. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to Sterling. Sterling's been waiting on the line. Um, Sterling, you were talking about the International Day of Silence or National Day of Silence. Which one was that? So that was the National Day of Silence. And you can Google it. Uh, okay. National Day of Silence, uh, I guess, date. It changes year by year, but it it seems to always be on like a Friday of. Uh, I think it's. I'm not exactly sure if if it's like a certain week, but Friday in April, which I think it's kind of cool because uh, it's. I'm I'm reading from the website right now. Day of Silence. Yeah, I was going to say I don't want to Google it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> April twentieth, twenty twelve, and so so this happened recently. It's already right. passed at this point. What's it What's it about? Right. Uh, yeah, it says. Am I supposed I to? I guess be it's remembrance, right? Of of LGBTQ uh, suicides, right, or something like that. Right. It's so. The National Day of Silence is uh, in honor of those that were shunned or hated and that felt the a heavy, um, what would you call it? Uh, Social pressure? A heavy wall, heavy wall or weight of isolation to where they feel obligated to take their own life. Yeah. And I mean, this is a big problem. I mean, LGBTQ I th- suicides are way higher than straight I like uh, the It teenagers. Gets Better campaign. Dan have, Savage's thing. I, I don't know who has it. It was started by Dan I've Savage. I've seen it, and I don't know who Dan Savage is. I don't have any ideas. Um, you know, I'm He's not the guy who started the, the Santorum in. thing. Good. I, I like Dan Savage, actually. But yeah. this campaign is, uh, you know, they take Hollywood folks and, you know, famous gay people. And I don't, I don't I think and people. And famous straight people. Yeah, people. Yeah. I, I don't know how they really have any gravi, uh, gravitas in talking about well, it Well, Obama gets made a It Gets Better video. It's fine. Apparently. Um, but, I mean, you know, it does. It, it, admittedly, everything gets better after high school. Uh, because you take, this high school is this <laughs> awful place where they take everybody who believes all kinds of different things. They jam them into one place and they say you will come here or you will be punished and not only you will come here but you must call the teacher ms or mr and you must raise your hand before you speak and you must ask permission to use the bathroom and that really weighs on someone psychologically i think you know I, you know the 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 politeness thing certainly doesn't bother me um you know i don't from a well, religious it's not standpoint a request. I don't use... it's really a demand you it, know agreed it's i mean not it's not really polite demand it's for authority certainly yeah. but you know, I mean, if from a private school, parents could require their kids to do that. And I think that uh, in some cases that, uh, you know, kids can be very it's 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 charming when children are polite. But um, and, and parents go ahead. Right ahead. What's that? Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I'd have to disagree about what y'all are saying about uh, it, life gets better after high school or it gets better or whatnot. I just got out uh, class of 11, mm-hmm. uh, May 11th or May of 2011. And. Surprisingly, it doesn't exactly get better, but it's easier, easier, I guess. It's easier to withstand or deal with Uh in that, like, so now I'm a second semester college student at uh, Austin Community College, and 
I still feel like I still feel like I'm in the same environment or same walls of my high school mm. in that I'm terrified to be myself because oh, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. I guess to say afraid of rejection or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you reached out to other kind of um, transgendered community online or um, other queer people yes. try to connect with them? Yes. Uh-huh. And does that, and do you find that like, that helps? It definitely helps, but it doesn't exactly lift the weight. My mom was telling me that if, I guess because I'm a, I'm a guy or whatnot, boy, whatever, uh, my mom tells me that if, if I were to ever bring home a guy or whatever, basically claim that I'm gay, which I'm not because I'm terrified of men, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that she'd kick me out of the house. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's funny. Wow. That's funny. What, what do you think about uh, transsexual? You know, what do you think about me being, let's say, a transsexual lesbian? Yeah. yeah. It's like, if I were to bring home a girl but not exactly have sex with her or anything like that, you know, would you be against the same thing? Because, yeah, like, well, it, it, a lot of people have real prejudices and real um you know and pressures real roadblocks are tough the, but yeah, one of the minds. parts of the uh the it gets better campaign is it's not just a, just about high school it's gets better as you become an adult once you have your own place then you don't have to deal with the pressures of parents um yeah. and you know if they want you to come by they have to treat you in certain ways or you know then again if you need to borrow money you have to treat them in certain ways and there's uh it, it changes the entire dynamic of the situation when you have your own little homestead um, well, as I mean, far as dealing with parents. He, here's my suggestion. I mean, I wonder if, if talking to your mom and sort of asking her, you know, do you want me to be happy? Do you want me to be myself? Uh, and, and see what she says to those questions. And, you know, okay. this is who I am, right? And, and I can't change that. Right. I was born this way. And, and this is how I'm going to be. And so if I'm going to be happy, uh, I would like you to accept me for who I am. Right. Yeah. One thing that I've found is while I, I said before, I like uh, sitting in silence and whatnot, or being silent more so than being the talkative one. I'm more of an introvert than an outcast. Or, uh, extrovert. Mm-hmm. Extrovert or outgoing person. And so those times of when I just sit back and listen, I find, you know, I discover facts that the average person wouldn't see. Uh, Would miss out on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sterling, thank you for the call. I want to wish you really good luck and I hope that you can find some more community online and stuff. You know, I can really relate actually before I let Sterling go. I mean, I can relate to to the idea that, you know, you grow up and you're not completely straight and maybe not completely gender conforming. And you're like, wow, there must be something wrong with me. Right. Because that's the message. That's the signal that you get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sterling, and good luck. I can't really relate. Um, you know, this for me is something that's, you know, it's really difficult to deal with and, and that kind of thing. I like things to fit in nice little boxes. I like the male-female boxes, and this, those are convenient for me. But I have friends, people that I care about and that I, you know, uh, in some cases really care about yeah. that have these kind of issues. So what am I going to do? Well, they're not issues, though. Throw them away? They're, they're only issues because society says they're an they issue are. for me. <laughs> So um, so what am I going to do? Throw this person away because they don't fit into one of my boxes? I'm not willing to do that. Mm -hmm. So I've had to sort of change the way I think about these things. I'm a relatively socially conservative dude, and that's it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't fit for me. But 
at the same time, these are people. They've got whatever their issue is. I, it may not be that way for me. It doesn't enter into my reality. But if they claim that that's their issue, what am I to say about that? It's not my business. It's their business, not my business. So I'm just going to treat them like a human being. I, I think it's your business because if they're your friend and you care about them and you want to support them and you want to help them become more accepted in society, like you want to help it become normal to be who they are, no matter if that's fitting into the gender boxes or fitting somewhere in outside. All I can do is allow normalization around me. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not You can help though. You're a radio host. I mean, you can talk about these issues, you can normalize them, you can say I accept my friends regardless of whether they conform to male female uh stereotypical characteristics, right? I guess I accept. I mean, I certainly or if they're gay. always I mean, you, have you questions, have, but yeah. Derek is gay. You care about him, yes, right? Yes. I'm bisexual. You care about me, right? If I, if, if it wasn't for gay. Derek, who would cut my hair? <laughs> but you care more about than, than the haircutting, I assume. Yeah. I mean, these are important people to me. So, you know, what, what am I going to say? Oh, you don't fit in my box. Whatever. You know, I think that the way that stereotypes most commonly break down in people's minds is when they know someone. You know, who is, I think that's what it, it takes, who is the, whatever thing that they were told is bad, you know, like whatever different racial groups that they might have grown up with stereotypes about or LGBTQ people, you know, anything like that. Yep. If they know somebody, uh, those stereotypes can be way more easily smashed. So that's why I think coming out is so important. Because that's the only way we're ever going to be accepted. You know, if people know whatever, somebody who breaks their stereotypes. So often these issues are, uh, you know, they're they're there from childhood. You know, you watch television, you find out about these, you know, these families where they're dealing with uh, some little boy who, you know, wants to play with Barbies and wear tutus. What do you do? You know, I mean, what do you do? You're going to say, Barbie doll. you're going to try to twist his little brain and make him uh, put on a baseball cap and chase yeah. after balls or whatever. It's not going to work. Well, did you hear about this thing, Mark? Well, maybe we can get into this uh, coming up here in, on Free Talk Live in hour two. In Sweden recently, the, there's been a policy that's come from the government where they're replacing he and she in Swedish with a gender neutral pronoun. And they're kind of gearing the kids not to play with gendered toys like trucks and Barbies and stuff. I wonder how well that'll work. Well, we'll find out coming up here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Your thoughts on gender, LGBT issues, anything else that's on your Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. So glad you're with us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Mark. As we launch Hour 2 of tonight's program, would love to get your calls at 855-450-FREE. And uh, Free Talk Live, of course, you're listening to the live Sunday edition tonight. But we're live every single day of the week from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Who does that? Nobody. (laughs) Except us. (laughs) And, you know, in the last hour, we had a caller, uh, Sterling, who was talking about some transgender issues and and, uh, sexual orientation issues, LGBTQ stuff. And I did just want to make sure I mentioned, I completely forgot to mention this, but Free Talk Live has a number of sort of uh, 
maybe brother sister shows, sort of like that. Um, shows like bunnies, friends of the show, yeah, like bunnies, right? Um, one of them is Flaming Freedom, and Flaming Freedom is an LGBT talk radio show uh, with sort of a liberty focus. Uh, I was actually on Flaming Freedom last night. And you can find their show at, over at flamingfreedom.com uh, if you're inter- interested in uh, some of the things that we talk about on Free Talk Live. You, you don't have to be gay or LGBT. I know. I've been on Flaming Freedom, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Mark is, is straight, right? <laughs> well, you know, straight as one could be, right? Uh, sure. Forward, forward, never straight. <laughs> yeah. Don't go forward. Go straight. Right. And uh, and also, I do have my own radio show called Pork Therapy. It's pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C therapy dot com. And I uh, want to encourage people to listen to that, too, because, you know, we also talk about lots of stuff. It's it's a show about personal freedom, but we talk about LGBT issues quite a bit because they're interesting to me. So uh, Sterling might enjoy those, too. And anyone else who's listening who's kind of uh, interested in those topics. So there we go. All right, Mark. Um, where were we? We were talking about this hybrid vehicle story where the government lost uh, hundreds of uh, hybrid cars. Uh, yeah, for I mean, five years. <laughs> I, I felt like we wrapped up that uh, that okay. story. It was uh, you had some story, and it's uh, slipping my mind there that uh, that we were going to go in with the second hour. Yes. Okay. Thank you for reminding me about that. This is disturbing, uh, and uh, I, I almost don't want to talk about it, but it's important. Um, it's it has to do with schools, you know. And we talked about a little bit about schools in the last hour about bullying, about um, suicidality among young people because they just don't see any way out of the life that they're sort of trapped in, waking up every day early, going to school, where they're maybe not treated very nicely by their peers or by their teachers. They have little control over their own lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's not much... that wouldn't be great if you were an adult. Why why would it be great if you were a child? Yeah, I mean, if you think about some of the tactics that they use to... I don't know if torture is too strong of a word, but to make people very uncomfortable when they're in uh, jails and prisons, you know, really taking away their autonomy over many aspects of their lives is uh, is one of those tactics and also solitary confinement, isolating them from other people uh, so they can't form those connections, um, really locking them down and giving them very few choices. So and that's very similar to what happens at schools, drawing those parallels there. Uh, so here's the headline from shine.yahoo.com. Unfortunately, this kid has it even worse. Um, Stuart Chaffetz secretly tapes his autistic son at school, discovers he's being bullied by teachers. And it's by Lila Alphonse, who is uh, works for Yahoo. Recent article, too. Yeah, I saw this video that, this, uh, that the father did here of mm-hmm. his uh, autistic son being sent to school. And, you know, I mean, he's outraged and he has every right to be outraged. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't believe it. I'm outraged. <laughs> when his 10-year-old son, Aiken, started getting into trouble at school, Stuart Chaffetz was stunned. The notes from Horace Mann Elementary School in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Horace Mann. Uh, why does that strike me? I think Horace Mann was involved in uh, setting up the Prussian school system, where basically people are essentially shaped into becoming obedient uh people well, you know, that are set to work in factories foundational in setting up the school system of course schools are going to be named after him yeah but i i've never really seen a school that's at, overtly named after him you know there was that the, the other guy what was his name francis bellamy who made the pledge of allegiance yeah and he had these like visions for society nobody knows who the, that guy is the socialist uh well they they'll know if we talk about him right right uh and i think exposing some of the history of these kind of things is interesting so anyway um the notes from horace mann elementary school in cherry hill new jersey said that aiken who has autism was having violent outbursts and hitting his teacher and his aide behavior that the boy had never exhibited before 
I could not understand why this was happening. Chafe, it's a 44-year-old animal rights activist in New Jersey, wrote on his website. Now, I wonder if that's his job. I don't know. Anyway, I had never witnessed Aiken hit anyone, nor could I dream of him lashing out as had been described to me. In October 2011, he met with Aiken's teachers and school therapists. A A behaviorist was called in, but during several classroom visits, he didn't see Aiken become violent. He tried to create a scenario that would push Aiken so far that he would lash out, Chaffetz explained, and Aiken did not. If Aiken was pushed and didn't do anything, what was setting him off, his dad wondered. After six months of meetings, he yielded no answers. I can only imagine what it's like having, you know, a situation where, you know, you know your kid and you know how they're going to react. Now, every every time something goes wrong, somebody's always trotted out on the news and said, this isn't the kind of thing this person would do. And you're like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, everybody's capable of whatever. But you know your kid better than anybody knows your your kid and and it, you you're answering the question for yourself you're not telling anyone else and it must have been really confusing for this father to know his autistic son's behavior yeah and then to be told that he's violent and you know doing things that he wouldn't expect them him to have done yeah and i really wonder you know, if the school is sort of putting a, a little bit of pressure on him uh, the, as the father to believe what they're saying, you know, like if he, if he questions or a lot of pressure, yeah, maybe <laughs> if he questions, you know, the school psychiatrist's opinion or whatever, then, you know, maybe they call Child Protective Services because he's being neglected. But the school psychiatrist, the, the person who was brought in, mm-hmm. couldn't find anything wrong with him. So imagine yeah. how frustrating this is. Yeah. The school's like, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so they, they basically tried to set up a scenario that would reproduce this behavior of the, the autistic kid hitting the teachers as the school had told his father, but they couldn't do it. And, uh, if Aiken was pushed and didn't do anything, what was setting him off? His dad wondered after six months of meetings yielded no answers. He decided that he needed to know what was happening in his son's class. Like Aiken, all the other kids in his class also have autism and complications from this disorder prevent them from being able to communicate to their parents about what goes on in the classroom. This is what uh, certainly, you know, people people have the spec autumn, autism spectrum disorder. And it is have, a spectrum. They, not all of them can't uh, talk or communicate. Right. And they have difficulty know, with social uh, interactions. Yeah. Some are better than others as far as communication. It's no doubt. But when they're when they're in these classes, these are the, the special needs classes. These teach yeah. the, the the amount spent per student is significantly higher. And to have this kind of bewilderment on the side of the state has got to be very frustrating for everybody. Uh-huh. I mean, we the taxpayers can be paying up to a quarter million dollars a year to spend the, send these kids to special needs classes. In some cases, you know, I mean, you know, the average kid's probably getting $10,000 a year uh, spent on them in, in public school. Well, but, and it also creates a problem because there's an incentive to diagnose kids as having special needs when maybe, maybe they don't necessarily have that. And then sometimes they're they're told, oh, well, this kid has ADD and ODD, right? That's true. Not this class, though. Yeah. Because this class it, is all autistic kids. As soon as, as we go a little further and find out about what was going on, these teachers would have never tried this in a regular class. Yeah. but Well, I mean, that just goes to show what they do to people who can't talk. And that's really scary. Well, yeah, it, it is. It's it's really scary. Yeah. Uh, so the morning of February 17th, I put a wire on my son and sent him to school, the father, Japheth, says, in a video he created to showcase the audio clips. And, you know, um, he does play these clips in the video and, and he's talking about what happened and he's really... Uh, 
really angry and outraged. This is six hours of audio. If yeah. you can imagine how thoroughly invested this guy must have been and what was going on here uh, to sit through six hours of audio, maybe four and a half, five hours. of I don't know. I don't know when it went on and when it went off. But, you know, how much of this audio that he poured through trying to find out what was being said and how his son was being treated. He really cares about his son. Sure. And this is, uh, I, you know, this is a really scientific way to do this. You know, he's just, there's nothing he's wrong with sending, a, sending your kid wired to school as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Nothing and wrong. What do they have to hide? Right. Isn't that what Absolutely. they always say? <laughs> it's, who's paying for it? Yeah. Whose kid is it? So he made this, uh, this video. It's about 18 minutes long. If you want to watch it, it's over. You can find it on the internet. Uh, what I heard on that audio was so disgusting, vile, and just an absolute disrespect and bullying of my son that happened not by other children, but by his teacher and the aides, the people who are supposed to protect him. They were literally making my son's life a living hell. And this is what the father said. And we'll find out exactly uh, some of the things that were on this audio recording uh, in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. It's 855-450-3733. Do you have experiences with your children at government school, mistreatment, anything like that? We want to know. It's Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in about whatever is on your mind. 855-450-3733 is our number. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And I want to let you know about uh, news.freetalklive.com. It's the best way to keep up to date with all the things that are happening with Free Talk Live. You can get emailed updates, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and G+, and get all the news about Free Talk Live. Never miss a moment. on G+. Yes. Hmm, I am following Free Talk Live on G+. I don't know if you can get to it via news.freetalklive.com, but uh, I know it's out there, so I figured I'd throw it out. We love all those folks that are hanging on tenaciously to G+. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com's family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. And you can get 5% off when you use coupon code FTL. I've got a couple of friends of mine who are very big, avid uh, outdoors enthusiasts, and they say that the, the prices they've seen on ManVentureOutpost.com are the best they've seen on the Internet. And, you know, it's, I, I believe it's true. That's what they claim at ManVentureOutpost.com. And they've got all name brands there, too. Uh, so you can get the best name brands, uh, whether it's knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, or whatever it is, at ManVentureOutpost.com. Use coupon code FTL. All right, Mark, thanks for that. And let's get right back into this story. We were discussing the dad, the very caring dad who uh, made a recording, a wiretapping. I guess this is considered illegal wiretapping probably in some cases, right? Or in some places by the government's definition. I'm sure it is. He put a wire on his uh, autistic son who is 10 years old, I think. Mm -hmm. And this boy went to school and the recording 
tells the truth about what happened, the objective truth. And uh, here's what it found. Uh, this article from Yahoo.com says the, raw, the recordings are raw and intense. Angry adults yell at kids. And these are all this is a classroom full of only autistic children, by the way. Uh, angry adults yell at kids to shut up, shut your mouth and knock it off. Adults have inappropriate personal conversations in front of the children, discussing how drunk they were the night before, complaining about their husbands, and talking in detail about adult issues. More than once, an adult goads Aiken, the boy, to the point of tears and then laughs at him. Mm. Go ahead and scream, one adult hisses menacingly at Aiken, because guess what? You're going to get nothing until your mouth is shut. And later, one of them says, oh, Aiken, you're a bastard. This is shocking. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and I heard the audio on this, you know, when I was certainly teachers came unglued now and then when I was in school and told the kids to shut up or shut their mouths or something like that. Um, yeah, I had that probably happen. shut their mouth probably more that, often. Than that not. wasn't too pleasant. You know, well, to some extent, what I saw was frustration. I mean, yep. you know, it's it's got to be difficult to be in the classroom of 25 kids up there in front. The only thing you've got in order to uh, keep them under control is, you know, the the tone of your voice and the threat of sending them to the principal's office. I don't think that's the only thing they have. What, you know, especially in school environments where they don't have to be, quote, in control, which means sitting perfectly quietly in their seats and not saying a word, not doing anything. You know, um, there are certain types of school, Montessori schools, uh, unschooling environments, even uh, yeah, certain- as a teacher in my school, they didn't have those options. They couldn't go say, OK, time to play with beeswax, kids. Let's make some cookies. Well, but there um, weren't there some teachers who didn't resort to those tactics. Weren't there like a few teachers who didn't need to do that because they, they earned the kids respect and they, you know, they were they were respected and liked. I think that every teacher gets their day, right? Like that, you know, that it, they'll come unglued on their day. But what I saw sounded like a pattern um, that these teachers were in. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's. Well, if he takes I, a I random sample. The, yeah. I don't want the person day. to be listening to this saying, oh, well, you know, my teachers had told me to shut my mouth. What's the big deal? This wasn't that. Um, you're going to yeah. have to need to see that video before you go on. Um well, I, mean, it wasn't I understand just... a teacher getting in front of a, a, a class being, you know, kids that just won't sit down, shut up or whatever, trying to get their attention. I get that. This wasn't that. This yeah. was not a loud, disorderly classroom or anything like that. This was people that, you know, were lording their power over others. Yeah. And taunting them, uh, getting them like one of them teased him to the point of breaking and then said, you're not going to get anything until your mouth is shut and called him a bastard. A 10 year old boy. I mean, come on. I thought the worst part of it was basically saying, you're not going to see your daddy. Um, I mean, that's chilling. Remember, this is an autistic kid. His grasp on what the world is like is probably not the same as yours and mine. So, you know, the threat of you're not going to see my daddy to a 10 year old boy may or really. I'm not going to see my dad. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's it, I don't think that would work with the average 10 year old child. But with this kid, he wanted to be reassured that he was going to see his daddy, um, you know, and whenever time he was going to see him. And the teacher wasn't going to give him that re- level of reassurance. And not just that's that, a bully. but was taunting him about it and calling him names, yep. you know, and having talking about how drunk they were the night before and complaining about their husbands really in front of the kids. I mean, they really, really must think that they have no accountability to anyone. And the the evidence <laughs> is they don't, because yeah. although the teacher's sure aide got gonna... fired, the teacher did not. Oh, wow. Um, so there were, I believe, three people in this classroom, one of whom got fired. Wow. 
So they and, and all name, of them were participating in this. All of them were at least complicit in what was going on. They wouldn't even name these people to the father. I mean, Ugh. that's how what the small the the the, the lack of uh, accountability that your public servants have to you. Yeah. I use all these things in quotation marks. I would call this abuse. I mean, I it, it's it's I don't know pretty how you clear call cut. it anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I bet I bet there are some people though who would kind of sympathize with the uh, the teachers' aides. Maybe uh, maybe they've been in a similar place themselves and have felt that frustration of like, wow, I need to control these kids, and how do I do that? You know, but. You know, Mark, getting back to that, I had a thought come up uh, when you said that some of these teachers, every teacher has their day when they're telling the kids to shut up and yelling at them and stuff. Do you think that those, did you have teachers who you, who use those tactics all the time? And do you think that they sort of lose effectiveness over time? Because I, I had a few teachers who did that, would constantly yell at us. And it was like the first time they yelled at us, people sat up ramrod straight and paid attention. The 50th time they yeah. yelled at us, nobody cared. I never, I don't recall that teacher, uh, the having the teacher that yelled in order all the time in order to get uh, the attention. Yep. I do remember teachers that were, um, you know, they're very, very strict um, individuals and that they weren't kidding. They weren't threatening. They were going to carry through on whatever they did, uh, whatever they, you know, whatever the they were belly bellowing about, they were going to carry through. And because yeah. of that, they ruled through fear. Yeah, it was relatively effective. And there's been studies in workplaces that show that, you know, if you can't rule through you know if if a if a boss can't rule, rule through motivation and uh, creating a workplace where people can be fulfilled and an environment where they can uh, truly find themselves and uh, be be creative and all that stuff then ruling through fear is the second most effective thing to do it's sad yeah but how far behind i mean i've i've seen a lot of studies actually recently just read one on my show that said it was basically saying that people who are afraid at work afraid of their bosses or their colleagues are less creative less engaged, less motivated to work. And more likely to quit. I mean, if yeah. they're any good, this is the thing, though. Well, yeah, if, if you're it, good, if you, why do you have to spiral, put up with it? <laughs> right? It's this downward spiral. If you are, you know, if you're, if you're not being creative and you're not being challenged and you're not in a work environment where you can be your best, then you're not your best. So you, you can't move on to this other place. So this, um, and then the boss is more likely to be yelling and screaming and being mean. And it just keeps on, everybody keeps on knocking down the ladder. Your thoughts are welcome. Free Talk Live. Call us 855-450-FREE. There's more coming up. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in about anything that's on your mind. It's Stephanie with you. And Mark. And our number is 855-453. Had a lot of interesting calls this evening, and we've got some more coming up. But I want to make sure you know about uh, shop.freetalklive.com. It is a completely free 
and easy way to help out Free Talk Live just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon. You can enter through Free Talk Live's portal and they'll get a little uh, cut of whatever you buy. It doesn't affect your purchase price, just a little referral fee for Free Talk Live. And they really add up and they help the show. So thanks so much for visiting shop.freetalklive.com. And Mark, uh, we do have a call on the line. Let's take let's, it. Let's go to him. We've got Kelvin in Colorado. And Kelvin, I think you wanted to talk about silver coins tonight. Um, are you with us? Uh, yes, I'm with you. And uh, if I could make a quick diversion uh, at the beginning of this, I heard the other night that there were kids out there drinking hand sanitizer to for the uh, alcohol. And, and apparently, uh, yeah, that's what the media says anyway, right? Yeah, and, and I'd like to offer a little advice other than, you know, obviously don't drink. Don't drink hand sanitizer? Hand That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, it, it, has, it, it has stuff in it that wasn't intended for human consumption. Uh, Indeed. Instead, yeah. if, if, if you have to have to do this and you can't find, like, normal drinking stuff and you're, you know, you're going to do something like this anyway, uh, when I was, uh, wasn't of age yet, we used to get uh, vanilla extract which contains quite a bit of alcohol. And if you mm. if you use that, it doesn't taste great, but at least it's not, like, poisoned. So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's my two uh, public service announcement for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it would taste very good to just drink a ton of straight um, vanilla extract. You know, it's, it tastes great in cookies and stuff, but <laughs> alone, I don't know. Well, I, was, I, I was at the grocery I, I store. Meant you would mix it, uh, oh, I see. you know, with something. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I was at the grocery store last night um, and I had to pick up something Greek yogurt and um, I had wanted to get some of the mouthwash, the, the dental type mouthwash. Um, yep. I, I think it was Scope or something. I'm, I'm not Scope, uh, Crest or something like that. And I was going through the line. The guy in front of me, this was the time of evening. I'm get off work at uh, 10, 10 o'clock and, uh, you know, the guy was picking up some beer. He <laughs> was a yeah. younger guy and he got carded by the young lady that was uh, running the, um, the the counter there. And... You know, he seemed like a jovial kind of guy, and I just joked, hey, look, I'm going through with mouthwash, and you get carded. <laughs> and, you know, just sort of pointing out that yeah. uh, you get carded for beer, I don't get carded for mouthwash. Now, I looked at this particular mouthwash. It didn't contain any alcohol after I made the joke. But I'm sure that there's some mouthwash in there that contains alcohol at that grocery store, unless they've oh, changed it, absolutely. entirely changed the formula. I don't know, but I just thought it was, in, you know, everybody, everybody, thought it was, everybody thought it was amusing, including the cashier. Yeah. You know, they're not going to card me. <laughs> it's so silly. You know, I remember um, so many times this has happened to me. I don't even drink alcohol. It's no, just, you don't. I'm, I'm just not interested in it. I don't really like it. So, but I go to the grocery store quite a bit with friends or or whatever, and they often will pick up some kind of wine or beer or something like that. And as they're going through the line, they'll card me because I'm with them. And I don't want to have to show my ID. I don't like that idea, you know, as if they're buying their one bottle of wine and they're going to, you know, somehow give it to me and I'm underage or something like that. I mean, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. They're really following these one size fits all policies. And I think they're doing it because they're afraid of getting stung. You know, they'll sure. buy the government. The government actually sends operatives. Oh, yeah. Into grocery stores and liquor stores and stuff. And, In order to trip people up. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I. I can imagine. I can totally imagine why it's uh, frustrating for somebody who doesn't feel like showing their ID to, you know, have to show your. I'm not buying any alcohol. I don't want any alcohol. Well, I don't no. drink any alcohol. And and then the cashier knows my address. They know whatever my driver's license number. And you know, may, I'm not terrible. You know, I'm not losing that much sleep over it. But can eh, have a didiatic memory and be a stalker. It's it's a yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a uh, unpleasantness. Anyway, Calvin, uh, continue. Yeah, papers, please. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, 
So I hear a lot of people making these uh, silver rounds uh, for use as a medium of exchange, and I'm I'm kind of curious why why they're doing that. I mean, I I have a, a nice uh, one ounce coin from Freedom Phoenix, and yep, the coins are attractive and they have a real nice steel to them and a heft and uh, interesting designs and everything. Mm-hmm. But for the real world, uh, I think that the, the pre 1965 uh, U.S. dimes and larger uh, are much more practical, and and there's no question about what their content is. So whereas if you get some privately minted or stamped out silver coin thing, you don't really know for sure if it's it's all genuine. Mm-hmm. I I see advantages and disadvantages in this. Um, first off, I am loath to. Uh, you know, try to kick the legs out of anybody's incipient silver operation. I don't, I, not knowing all the answers, I always want to find out, well, let's see how other people react to this. I get it, though. But the chances of somebody, um, you know, making, minting their own silver and making counterfeits seems really low to me. If you're going to counterfeit, you're going to counterfeit walking liberties. You're not going to counterfeit um, somebody's little stamped bar that they're using, ten, <laughs> tenth of an ounce bar that they're using in order to make some uh, trades and that kind of thing. Secondly, yeah. uh, um, if somebody wants to make jewelry with silver, it is easier to make jewelry with silver that is point nine 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 as opposed to making jewelry with junk silver burning it off and getting rid of the copper out of there or whatever it is that they uh they made the i i use the term junk silver i shouldn't say it um pre-1965 dimes yeah i'm a fan of 10 percent some other metal yes i think it's copper okay um you know i shouldn't use the term junk silver coin silver but I see the advantage of coin silver at the same time. Well, it's more durable too, because I mean, it's if durable. you're if if there's a a point nine 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 silver that's that's pure and it's being used often for exchanges, it's going to be circulating around physically, it's get beaten up, people's it's hands, get pockets. Off. It's going to get worn down, and yep. pretty soon it won't be a full ounce. That's uh, well, and usually these are tenth of an ounces are one of the reasons that oh. dimes are so great. Yeah, is that because could melt away. <laughs> it could. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes away like a little popsicle. Um, but why? I like the mercury dimes specifically because they don't have uh, the disadvantage that the they're easily recognized pre nineteen sixty five Eisenhower dimes do. Yeah. Um, because you don't, you know, I mean, oftentimes you won't be able to tell the difference quickly between the the a regular dime, a, a crap dime, and a pre nineteen sixty five Eisenhower. Whereas with the mercuries, they're pretty obvious. Yeah. By the way, I, I do want to mention, I think they are actually an advertiser on the Liberty Radio Network. Don't tread on meme.com is the place where you can look at silver dime trading cards. Meme is spelled M-E-M-E mm-hmm. yeah. dot com. Uh, so, Kelvin, anything else on your mind? Uh, well, I, I wanted to mention I, I did have picked up some of those, those trading cards at the, oh. the Liberty Forum, and they're really nice. And oh. on the back, there's one of those QR codes that you can... Uh, Scan with your your smartphone, and you can get either an Android or an iPhone app. And uh, this this app will go out and find out what the current uh, uh, spot price of silver is, sure will. and then it'll tell you how much any of the different coins is worth in uh, FRN. Or and there's a calculator in there to say like if somebody gives you this many coins, how much change do you owe them in FRNs? And, and yeah, you know, it's a really interesting uh, little. I think do that, that does but, help uh, facilitate you sure know trades if you can easily know what the value you know knowledge is power right so, Kelvin what is uh, to absolutely. your mind what's the value of doing business in silver uh, 
I actually don't know. I just know it's kind of a fad among the, the Liberty people. And here on the back of the, co- the coin here, it says, Boycott an empire of theft, buy silver, trade with value, build a society of consent, and then no, no, don't tread on meme.com. So uh, to, to me, it's like who, who knows what is going to happen in the future to the value of, of uh, the Federal Reserve note, yeah. whereas, you know, if it, if it gets inflated, the silver is going to still... Uh, yeah. One thing that's clear to me is that the housing bubble was created by the Federal Reserve. Um, you know, Which created a lot of money. Yeah, they, they created credit. a lot of money. They made it easy for people to get loans that probably shouldn't have gotten loans. The The government was involved in all kinds of different ways. And it's the government's fault with its collusion with the banks that caused the housing uh, crisis. Sure. And a lot of people, it's not just their houses, but businesses. They built businesses, the, the, the businesses in the, in the uh, construction sector. People's lives were decimated by this boom and bust cycle that went on in this important area of American life. Mm-hmm. And s- people that do business with gold and silver don't experience booms and busts in the same way. I'm all for alternatives and many different methods of trading. And Kelvin, thanks for the call tonight. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you can call us this evening and bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. One of the reasons that people, I think, enjoy Free Talk Live is that it's so uh, eclectic. You know, we cover lots of different ground on every show. Every show is totally different, and uh, it's hopefully very entertaining for you all. It's entertaining for the people that continue to listen. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, So... I want to tell you about m.freetalklive.com. If you have a mobile phone and you want to access Free Talk Live's website there, go there. You'll get the streams and the podcast right, uh, very handy right at your fingertips. That's m.freetalklive.com. Imagine it's the future and you're an astronaut returning from a mission out in the far reaches of space. You enter Earth's orbit and notice something is terribly wrong. There are no signs of violence. The animals are fine and yet not a single human can be found anywhere on the planet. Find out what happens next at Portal1986.com. It's Portal1986.com. I need to go there because I want to find out. <laughs> but uh, maybe this caller will enlighten us. Zeus is on the line in Illinois. And I believe this is, if, if I'm correct, this is Zeus who voices the uh, Liberty Radio Network one-liners. And uh, Zeus wants to talk about Sterling. Zeus, are you with us? Hi, Mark. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, Hi. Zeus. This is Zeus. So what, what, um, tell us about Portal real quick. Oh, uh, Portal, it was a, an Activision uh, computer novel. It was sort of like a hybrid. Uh, one of the first, uh, uh, I guess the first e-book, technically, an interactive fiction, uh, oh. on the Commodore and Amiga. And uh, basically it's about an astronaut who returns home and discovers everyone else is gone. And so he has to work with a biological AI in order to uh, figure out what happened and whether or not he's going to spend the rest of his days alone. Oh, fascinating. There you go. To a third-person adventure game. 
and uh, you guys are trotting this out and you know hoping hoping things will work out, right? Right. We're we're trying to raise the funds to finish the game. Uh, we've got a bunch of uh, different writers uh, involved in the game. We've got uh, concept artists, programmers, develop, uh, level designers, and so that's that's our our deal is we're trying to get the funding to put out this game because uh, recently uh, another a bunch of other uh, uh, game develop developers from the past have come forward and approached the community directly, and uh, they've had amazing success. And would you be involved in the project because you're doing voiceovers for it? Uh, I will be doing voiceovers, but I'm also doing uh, some of the writing and uh, creative, uh, handling some of the creative aspects of the, uh, the design. And you've been doing cool. voiceovers for a lot of different video games out there. Oh, yeah. Most recent being Heroes of New Earth, which is uh, an online uh, game. Excellent. Good so, to know, Zeus. Yeah, so tell, tell us what you wanted to discuss tonight. The uh, the story of the autistic uh, kid uh, Sterling uh, being abused by his uh, teachers. Oh, actually, just just to clarify, the autistic kid is named Aiken, but uh, Sterling, Sterling Sterling was a caller who called in to talk about LGBT and transgender issues. I see. Sorry about that. No problem. Um, it, that story kind of hits a nerve uh, because I'm a little bit closer in age to Mark than than, than you, Stephanie. Okay. And uh, so back in the day. Um, they didn't, ha- they didn't have a name for ADD, uh, or, and they didn't understand what was going on with kids. Hyperactive is what they called them. <laughs> exactly. And Maybe so, that was better. <laughs> <laughs> I happened to be one of those kids, and I had a teacher who didn't understand what was going on, and uh, he, too, called me a bastard. Oh, um, I'm sorry. You know, well, it, uh, that's, that's the problem. They pretty much thought that I was an idiot, uh, that something was wrong with me. Mm. And... Uh, Later on, they found out I was gifted. Uh, that's what they called it later. If you're not an idiot, apparently you're gifted. <laughs> One of those two. Great. Wow. I hope you didn't listen to them, you know? <laughs> uh, nah, pretty much. Uh, that was probably the problem with, that they didn't like the most. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, let's see. Uh, basically, I was able to tell, you know, my parents, and uh, nothing was more satisfying than seeing my five foot three mother dressing down this uh, six foot, you know, uh, 50 year old guy. Uh, mm. But. Uh, this, this this is more common, I think, than uh, most people uh, imagine. Um, I, it's been 30 years, but I've spoken with other people over the years, uh, especially recently. And I think it's important that parents understand that there are there are teachers out there that are not only abusive, but they're, they also lust for your children. And it, it, it's mm-hmm. something that you need to uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, there, you know... There have been a lot of cases in the news recently about teachers and students um, who get get together. And clearly there is a power dynamic in that situation. You know, um, the teacher definitely has the power. And regardless of I I think there is also a a sort of a gender double standard there, too, because when a female teacher uh, has sex with a male student, everybody says, oh, he's so lucky. I wish that had happened to me. Right. When maybe that's not how the, the student feels about it. Uh, but when a male teacher gets together with a female student, everyone says, oh, he's a pervert. He abused her. It's automatically this horrible thing. He's corrupting our daughter's virginity. You know, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, speaking as uh, as a male, I've. If if I were to get into a relationship with one of my teachers, it would have been because of the decision I made. I don't know. Um, what if you were like 10 or 11, though? 
10 or 11? Yeah. I don't, I, you know, let's be honest. Because I think that's happened, you know. It may be 10 or 11. I mean, but you're not talking about the normal situation there. You're taking I the, don't know the what one the, out of the, I don't think any of those situations are normal. I mean, let's just get that clear. Well, it's abnormal, mostly because they uh, they prohibit it. But if you're talking about, I mean, college students and their teachers and that kind of thing. Well, that's not be, professional, though. I mean, they're, they're not supposed to do that either. I agree. And I understand why. I understand that they're not supposed to. But it's if it wasn't prohibited, it would happen far more often. I don't know. I mean, uh, it seems to me like there are some people who just don't understand that when there's a situation where there's a clear power dynamic, whether it's doctor, patient, therapist, client, student, teacher. What about boss, that co-worker? Boss, secretary or co-worker, something like that. I mean, those people it, are making those decisions as far as I'm concerned. I got no problems with work workplace relationships. Well, sure. But do you think it's do you think there is any difference, you know, no matter how slight between two co-workers dating each other and a boss and a secretary where the secretary works for the boss? I, I think that I think that people will sometimes say things, but I think that they're you know when you're talking about adults that adults need to be able to make their own decisions and that if we get involved in their decisions that you're messing with things. I mean, there's plenty of adult there's plenty of bosses and secretaries that have gotten married and lived long sure. and productive lives. Sure, there and there the are. Workplace but... dynamic is strange. I worked at a, a magazine, a high end magazine that was uh, you know that had certainly several gay people that work there, okay. and. There was a, an instance where uh, the the gay guy comes in and he talks. He's a very attractive coworker. I had this uh, female tr- a coworker. I had, okay. and he says, "Oh, nice pants." And I said, "If I said that, it'd be sexual harassment." And he said, "It is sexual harassment now that you said that." And I mean, the guy literally <laughs> threatened me with sexual harassment because I made a joke about sexual harassment, <laughs> and you know. <laughs> Wow. It just goes to show the double standards. This guy genuinely liked this girl's pants. There's no doubt about uh-huh. it. But, I mean, you know, these the more you get involved in these things and try to pro- prohibit and prescribe how people are going to interact, I think the, the less genuine of a relationship of relationships that people are going to have. Zeus, do you, do you have any thoughts about this? Uh, well, I've seen both both sides of that. and uh, But the only other thing that I wanted to add is... Um, uh, in order to protect your children, uh, keep an eye on them. Uh, see, you know, try to find out what's going on with them, and don't let them pump them full of drugs. Yeah. Thank you, Zeus. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm glad you made it out of the government schools. <laughs> Thanks for the <laughs> Most call. Most of us do. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of the reason that, you know, I I, I hate to say this, but I I think of myself as, you know, intelligent, right? And uh, I think of you as the same way. Thank you. Yeah. And in, in, I went to government school. And I think the only reason I got out uh, without being diagnosed with any of these ADD, ODD or whatever, because I was so bored in school. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I was so bored. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I, and I was very unhappy. But I Often think- this could happen because... You know, no matter what, it's one size fits all. Yeah. Even if it's in the honors class, it's still one size fits all because, you know, the, the kid, maybe I'm just on the peripheral of the honors, uh, of the honors cusp. So, you know, I mean, there's not uh, the education isn't prescribed for the individual. I remember trigonometry and analytic geometry. Mm-hmm. I didn't like to work very hard in school. And this would happen to me now and then in math classes. Once they pass you by, there's no catching up. You can't catch up at the midterm or something like that and begin to understand. At least it was very difficult. Sometimes I would manage to pull it off for a couple of weeks. I'd catch up to where the rest of the class was, and then I'd stop doing homework again, and I'm way behind. And, you know, I mean, the 
they don't mind. Who cares if you don't catch up? Well, we're just going along at the pace we go along at. You're mm-hmm. not learning. So what? Yeah. You yeah. can find the answers from somebody else. You turn them in. So what? What difference does it make? It's not like you use trigonometry and analytic geometry anymore. It if is, I would have cheated every single day, it wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered at all. It is geared toward the middle, and they, to some extent, they they have to do that. Sure, uh, you know, they, it, and it leaves out the the kids. It's sort the of, nature of all these classes. I went to private and public school, and it's mm-hmm. nature of all of them. Hour three is coming up on Free Talk Live. Would love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. Your government school experiences or anything else that's on your mind. Stay tuned. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in and take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 as we launch Hour 3 of the show tonight, Mark. We always get more calls in, in the last uh, part of the show. Do you notice that? Yeah, it tends to, to build up. I've uh, said so so many things at that point that are just beyond the pale that uh, people have to say, <laughs> call in. Yes, they feel the need to weigh in. Uh, so anyway, want to let you know um, about... Uh, I'm sorry. I never mind. Let's go right to the phones. We've got Sophie on the line in Great Britain. Wants to talk about transsexualism. And Sophie, are you with us? Hi, guys. Hi, Sophie. Nice to hear from you. Right. Uh, you've had a few calls in the last few weeks, um, giving some misinformation on transsexualism. I remember there was a guy from Maine. I think his name was John. Might have, might have been about three or four weeks ago. Okay. Um, saying that it can be corrected by uh, um, when someone believes they're um, born into the wrong body, it can be recorrected by um, hormone therapy. Yeah, didn't they try Um, that back in, like, the 50s and stuff? Yes, they did. They uh, they also tried shock therapy. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that works. There was a lot of abuse of LGBT, not just transgender, but also gay people. They were, like, like, given chemicals, giving drugs that would basically lobotomize them, you know. Yeah, they they tried uh, giving male hormones to to men who felt that they were really fem- um, women, mm-hmm. um, and it just didn't work because you ha- when you're a transsexual, you're a person born with the brain of one gender but have the body of the of the other, and basically you just have to recorrect your body, and it's the only way you can um, you, you you can sort it out basically. Yeah, you know, and the way I've thought about this, because this is this has been things something that's been difficult for me to accept. I mean, I, I get uncomfortable with the ideas and I'm not going to say I don't. But the you, you know, I mean, people are born with all kinds of hormone issues or chromosomal issues. How am I to say that it's not possible for a man to be born in a woman's body or a woman to be born in a man's body or, you know, whatever, whatever. This is sort of an easy explanation as to what's happened. It's not my place to say. Um. Yeah, I I also say that unfortunately there are there are some people who um, uh, take the piss um, with the whole um, uh, uh, diagnosis of, of of gender dysphoria. You you will have men who will, will walk around saying, "Oh, actually, I've got the brain of a female and I'm a lesbian trapped in a man's body." Um, yeah, 
That's what I thought the caller was saying, but it, it it sounded like he really was transgendered, or she. Um, he might he, he might be so. So um, that's kind of but, something somebody yeah. has to claim for themselves, right? <laughs> well, you see, the, the thing is, if you, if you are genuine, if you have gender dysphoria to the extent I have it, or, or, or you know, just about every other transsexual who goes through the whole process. Um, you will want to display some form of femininity. You, you know, it, it, there's an overwhelming compulsion to do so, um, whether it's to have long hair or wear a skirt or something. Mm-hmm. That would be the sort of the, the first sign. Um, and then it, it goes from there. But um, aren't there, um, Sophie, aren't there straight men who identify as men who just simply enjoy dressing in women's clothing sometimes? Yeah, transvestites. Those, okay. those are people who um, dress up as, 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 as women for sexual gratification. However, mm-hmm. I was about to say, transsexualism really doesn't actually have anything to do with sexual orientation. Yes. I know this sounds confusing, yeah. but... Um, your sexuality, your sexuality doesn't change. It's only a, it's your gender. I've always been bisexual, you know, whatever. Right. So. No matter. So you're. So who you, who you are, and who you're attracted to, are two different axes or spectrums. Right. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. That, that, uh, that's exactly right. Um, I, I I would say a lot of people do get uh, back, back to your point about transvestites. A lot of people do get transvestites transvestites confused with transsexuals. However, I I would always point out that transvestites tend to dress up in sort of um, fetish outfits. Um, They they were always trying to look like... um, you know, some stereotype of, of a woman. Some, but basically, it's, it's been said that transvestites are, are, are men who dress up as the, the women of their fantasies, or try to. Interesting. So the transsexual is, just wants to look like any other woman. You know, I, I don't, I personally don't dress, you know, in anything too outlandish. Okay. Yeah, so um, is that is that all you heard on Free Talk Live, that you wanted to sort of correct these misconceptions, or were there other things that people had brought up? No, I just thought that it was important that I, I mean, I, I've been meaning to for a few weeks, but because of the time difference and me being up at whatever time, I haven't been able to uh, to phone in. Yeah, um, I guess so I it must be to... real early in the morning for you, huh? No, not quite. No, it, <laughs> late it, at night? Yeah, it's just past 2 a.m. here. Oh, wow. God. Well, I guess if, if you call that early in the morning, I would call that late at night, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Sophie, I appreciate your perspective, and thanks so much for calling in tonight. It was good to have somebody who knows more of what they're talking about. <laughs> So uh, speaking of Europe, Mark, uh, you had an article about Amsterdam or uh, the Netherlands banning um, banning tourism uh, for pot smoking, right? Right. I mean, you know, so many people have, you know, it's 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 relatively common to go to the Netherlands for the purposes of drug tourism. I mean, you know, people do this. Yes. And and an important story here from uh, BBC.co.uk. This came out the twenty seventh, so it's two days old. A judge in the Netherlands has upheld a new law to ban foreign tourists from entering cannabis cafes. While soft drugs are tolerated, there's a growing concern at tourists visiting for drugs and foreign dealers selling illegally at home. Uh, so I guess people buying there and then taking it back to, you know, driving across the border to Germany or built. But wait a minute, Mark. The government security agents always catch them. All the customs and border people. You mean to tell me that that people that drugs get through the borders? I, I you mean to tell me <laughs> that if this is happening, that uh, the locals won't uh, won't be 
buying things for tourists and that kind of thing. What's what's the point? They just can't sit in the cafe and smoke the marijuana now. They have to have it brought out to them. I mean, yeah. that's it's just going to do what we did in high school when we wanted alcohol. We gave some money to somebody who was willing to buy it yeah. and they went in and bought it and came back out and they charged us some money to do it. And why is this particular law different than other law? Like, there are a lot of countries that you can go to. No matter where you live, there's a lot of places you can go in the world elsewhere than, than your home place. And they have different laws than your home country. Mm-hmm. And so why are none of those other laws subject to so much scrutiny? And, well, we, I guess we would have to ban prostitution for the, the, uh, the Secret Service guys who went to Cartagena where it was legal, right? And, sure. uh, and ban everything else that's illegal in the person's home country. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. They kind of did this with the, um, I, you know, I've heard of this uh, organization, NAMBLA, and I wonder whether it's just a troll, uh, you know, just a joke. But, you know, let's say that NAMBLA is true. They, they NAMBLA being the North, North American, American Man Boy Love, Love Association. Association. Right. Setting up tours <laughs> to Southeast Asia, <laughs> Thailand specifically, in order for people to be able to go and have sex with very young, uh, oh. you know, male prostitutes there. Yeah. Men to go have sex with very young male prostitutes there. And, you know, it's very distasteful. And the idea is, oh, is yeah. that the government will arrest people that go do that when they come back if they find out that that's what they're doing or something like that. So you know, this is that's the first time. And I suspect that there was no small amount of pressure put on from the international community on Netherlands because Netherlands saw a drop in the uh the usage it, rates usage, yeah. usage rates especially among young people yes. of marijuana mm-hmm. um, and, and portugal too they have decriminalization of like basically small amounts of most drugs it's true and, and they've seen a huge decrease in the use rates especially among young people so they've learned some lessons in those particular areas regarding uh, drug pro- prohibition and to have them sort of reverse that i imagine there's no small amount of pressure that was put on them in order to have that happen yeah i suspect now, you're right i don't know when i think about it sort of you know what are the benefits to the netherlands and having drug tourism i suppose you know, tourists coming. That yeah, if you've, what, what is there to see in Netherlands? Rembrandt's uh, dikes and uh, tulips uh, and, uh, you know, what are the windmills? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess that's what there is to see in the Netherlands if it's not uh, for, uh, you know, a marijuana. But bulbs. To, to the bulbs? <laughs> yeah. Tulips. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Have you been on a drug tourism trip or sex tourism trip let us know i'd love to hear your experiences this is free talk live and there's more coming up you can listen to free talk live on the radio via podcast the webcam and our live streams at freetalklive.com not enough options now you can listen to free talk live from any phone anywhere add this number to your phone 760-569-7752 it's a long distance call so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan the free talk live listen lines are airing the latest episode of free talk live 24 hours a day including our live shows call 760-569-7752 that's 760-569-7752 Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. The show is progressing, so if you want to get your calls in, you better do it quick. 
We've been talking about uh, pot tourism, essentially. Right, Mark? That's right. Over in Amsterdam, uh, lots of people would... Netherlands, uh, Amsterdam's in the Netherlands, um, would go over there for the purpose of uh, marijuana tourism. And I guess that they were probably getting, I'm guessing they got some international pressure, but, you know, there were probably some, perhaps some undesirable effects of uh, marijuana tourism um, on their uh, economy. And they wanted to stop that. And they, so they passed a law. And apparently one of their high court judges has upheld that law, saying that it is constitutional or whatever. So how are they going to enforce it? Do they have to look at somebody's passport before they They're just going to tell pot? They're just going to tell the uh, vendors the same way they enforce the 21 or over rule on alcohol in the United States. They're going to say it's illegal to serve alcohol to anybody under the age of 21. They're going to say it's illegal to serve marijuana to somebody who can't prove their citizenship as an Amsterdamian (laughs) (laughs) or uh, Netherlandian, Netherlandian. whatever whatever it might be. So. They go on here. Soft drugs are uh, are tolerated, and there's a growing concern at tourists visiting for just drugs and foreign dealers selling illegally back at home. The ban is due to start in uh, three southern provinces next month and go nationwide by the end of the year. A group of cafe owners argued at the Hague uh, District Court that the ban was discriminatory against foreigners. Under the new law, Dutch residents will still be allowed into the cafes as long as they have valid identification or possibly hold a new weed pass, which is also being debated. Oh, God. They're about so, s- wait a minute. I'm confused about something. The Hague is in the Netherlands, right? Right. And the Hague has an international court. Was yes. this ruling in the international court? No, or- this was a district court. Okay. There. Um, you know, it's a capital city and um, they do stuff there like that. Gotcha. So there are about 700 coffee shops, uh, as they're called in the Netherlands. The cultivation and sale of soft drugs through them is dis- decriminalized. Although not illegal, not legal, police generally tolerate possession of up to five grams of cannabis, a which is a small amount. I mean, it's not that yeah, big. Not, of, that much. not that much. So people buy that in small quantities. It's, it's like buying your groceries for one day. What does a, a joint have, like half a gram or something? I, a yeah, gram. A half a gram to a gram, Okay, I would say. A lawyer for the coffee shop owners said he would uh, immediately lodge an appeal. Michael Velling, a spokesman for the Dutch Cannabis Retailers Association, is among those challenging the government plan. It's going to cost me 90% of my turnover. I know oh, what wow. a turnover is, but it sounds like a lot of business. Wow. He told the BBC World Service, that's a very good reason for anyone to oppose any plan. Second, it puts our customers in a very difficult spot because why do you have to register to buy a substance that's still illegal? And this is <laughs> yeah. this is the problems with decriminalization. If you just tell people that marijuana was as legal as tomatoes, there wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, people would use it the same way they use alcohol to alter their substances. Except the, that al- it's so much to alter their their, their state consciousness. Of consciousness. Yeah, I mean, but al- but there's a difference. Alcohol is so much more dangerous. I mean, there it yep. association with violence, mm. uh, the effects on driving. Absolutely. It's, Far more people die every year for um, from consumption of alcohol. Um, nobody dies from consumption of cannabis. Right. Certainly, somebody's gotten stoned and done something stupid. There's no doubt about it. But as far as consuming alcohol... Lots of people al- have gotten drunk and done something more. stupid. Hundred to one? Thousand to one? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would guess even higher numbers than that. Yeah, um, I would too. Everybody's got their, themselves a uh, you know, dangerous alcohol story. Not so many dangerous marijuana stories. And mm. it's, you know, I'm, I, 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 why they want to do it, I don't quite understand. But it's not particularly, uh, you know, they, they don't go over it that much in here. The BBC's Anna um, Holigan 
gonna be an un- unpopular name in, in like high school. You get uh, get. Uh, They're gonna make fun of you for something. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the teacher's gonna pick you out. She's a hooligan. Um, the Hague oh, says that the wow. nationwide ban is being strongly opposed by. She's gonna be. Uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, stereotyped. Whatever. Yeah. Wow. The, <laughs> because uh, around a third of the city's tourists visit to smoke cannabis in the cafes, a third of their tourists come just to smoke pot. If the cafe shop owners lose uh, their case, they say they'll take it to the European Court of Human Rights on the grounds that the Dutch should not be allowed to discriminate against people on the basis of where they live. The moves Mm. are part of a tougher approach to drugs induced by the coalition conservative-led government elected 18 months ago in October strong cannabis – October – Strong cannabis was reclassified as a hard drug amid concerns that had a psychotic effect on some users. And I think that that might be real. I mean, I've heard of it before. Cannabis it. induced psychosis, but there's also psychos- psycho- be rare. psychosis induced by other drugs, too. Any Much prescription drug, you know, people get hydrocortisone or cortisone injections for like poison ivy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they can get psychotic from that. Right. And they have a drug to bring you back down if that if that happens. But you know, LSD uh, will do they, that. They can sedate you. I don't know about bring you back down. They have but... antipsychotic drugs. Yeah, they do. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have too much experience with that. But, but you are, you're the medical uh, individual here. <laughs> well, but psychosis has a specific PhD definition. Or something. Yeah. Psychosis has a specific definition. Right. Um, and, and sometimes when people use that word, they don't understand what it means or they're not referring to the same thing as like the doctors are. Sure. And so psych- psychosis, I guess, I don't know. I'll look up the definition, but it's, it's basically a brief state of crazy. <laughs> so in November, the city of uh, Merchtick, don't, don't, don't quote me, brought in a, mm-hmm. a coffee shop ban for foreign tourists, except for those from Belgium and Germany, where the majority of foreign customers come. And this is kind of interesting. I mean, you live across the border. Hey, let's spend the weekend smoking pot over in uh, Amsterdam. Where in the, it, it, must, it must really bring questions. So suppose in the United States it was legal in some particular place, let's call it uh, Vegas, to smoke marijuana uh, or Nevada, just okay. like prostitution is. Suppose you went there smoked marijuana over the weekend and then came back to operate your heavy equipment or whatever. Sure. And it's a drug-free workplace or what, whatever. Yeah. Most people that smoke, I mean, you're not going to be stoned 12 hours later. So you get home, everything's fine, you go to work, and then they catch you on the drug test. I bet that causes a lot of problems. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, surely they're doing some kind of drug testing over in uh, Belgium and in Germany. And yeah. Probably even and that is kind of more what it's, what it's like, because I think in, in Europe, people can travel easily, more easily between countries, almost like states, th- like states here. Yeah. Yep. So um, anyway, the you know, place where it was freest to smoke marijuana in the world appears to be somewhat less free to oh, smoke marijuana. Freedom um, is dying. I think it's going to be very tough on a lot of businesses that are set up there. These conservatives that love to see the marketplace, uh, you know, small government and the uh, the marketplace react in the way that it should to yeah. whatever incentives it should. Apparently, don't believe it when it comes to this particular plant. But drugs are bad. Okay? I don't even like to call marijuana a drug. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make. It's an herb, maybe. It's sure. yeah, it's an herb. I mean, it's a plant. I mean, if yeah, if it's a drug, then so is the dandelion tea that I drink. You know that that has certain effects on my body. Sure. You know, and so is the caffeine that I consume. There is a drug you could you know you could call it a drug if you want to call THC a drug, but there are actually other drugs inside marijuana that that make that sort of make the whole high. 
I mean, a drug a drug is anything that alters your physiology in any way. So that's a very broad definition. Food. But I think when people hear the the word drug, they think sinister. You know, like yeah. dare class the things that they told you to avoid. But yeah, I mean, garlic could be considered a drug, right? Anything, mm. uh, tomatoes. Anyway, this is Free Talk Live. Tell us what drugs you like. It's 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. More coming up. Hey, this is Mandrake. And this is Jay. And we're getting ready for Porkfest 2012. Porkfest is the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. And this year's Pork Fest will be the best yet. Why is that, Mantric? Because of all the great speakers that'll be there? Or maybe the family fun events? Perhaps you're excited about Flaming Freedom's Big Gay Dance Party? Actually, I had no idea any of that goes on. You had no idea because you and I spend all our time running the George's Famous Baklava Food Stand. And that's why I'm so excited. Every year we get to meet so many great people who stop by for food and jokes, some of which are a little dirty. Yeah, about the dirty jokes, we should try not to offend so many people this year. It was one person, and I thought her wooden leg was for the pirate party. Oh, and don't forget all those times you walked away for five minutes only to return two hours later. I kept getting mauled by all my fans. You fell asleep on a picnic table! Oh, right. Hey, you want to wrap this up? Go to porkfest.com and register today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you. And Mark. And you can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Oh, please go to uh, amp.freetalklive.com if you want another way to help out the show. We had mentioned uh, shop.freetalklive.com a little earlier, but AMP is a little bit more uh, direct way to contribute to Free Talk Live, help the show grow, help us get on more radio stations, and uh, expand our reach. And uh, you can do that by sending Free Talk Live basically the cost of a cup of coffee every month. Find out more at amp.freetalklive.com. There's lots of bennies for doing it, too. Um, yeah, you get access to the AMP phone lines and uh, the AMP, uh, isn't there a section of the BBS or something like that's that? That's correct. And uh, other stuff, too. The uh, commercial-free archives are a big one. That, that's really a big nice. one. Yeah, really nice not it's to have number that. one reason why people AMP. Um, or number one people run number one reason why people that amp not because they just want to help amp <laughs> <laughs> yeah i believe it bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash with bitcoins there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by anyone can download the free bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes with bitcoins you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing permission from any bank or government um, no fees too to learn how, visit weusecoins.org. And now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. Buy your bitcoins with cash. Visit bitinstant.com. It's bitinstant.com. All right. Thank you, Mark. And, um, you know, I wanted to talk about this article. This is really interesting to me. I'm always fascinated by the science stuff. And when it involves monkeys, it's even better. Why is that? Because <laughs> monkeys are like humans. Right? They are a lot like humans in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, and this article has something about that. It's about power and uh, addiction to power, if you will. And, I'd like to know more. Yeah, the this is a great article from uh, BBC uh, about addiction to power. But, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously a guy who's getting gets a lot of interviews and is used to being interviewed in ways that other governors wouldn't have been used to it. He said he was addicted to the power of the governor's office. And I bet it's true. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. I when did he say that? Um, when he got out of office. <laughs> <You know. laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering. You know, he, sure. he wasn't going to admit it while he was in not, there. Not while you're in there. No, yeah. absolutely not. Um, actually, this is uh, from the Telegraph, excuse me, not BBC, uh, BBC. That's where the other article had been from. <clears throat> gotcha. But I, I mean, come on. You don't think that the power is addictive? Absolutely, it's addictive. Oh, I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm. You know, although I have to make a devil's advocate point here. Anything can be addictive. You know, uh, food can be addictive, drugs, alcohol, pot, you know, that we talked about in the last segment, uh, sex. Well, I don't know about sex, but maybe porn. You know, people can get addicted to porn. People claim that, uh, they're, you know, they have addictions to sex. So, you know, I wouldn't propose to that. The, I, I wouldn't yeah. be the one to tell them otherwise. It's, it's a big uh, like controversy or discussion about that because like there's the idea that you don't want to shame somebody who just really likes sex. Right. But if they're mm. addicted, I think that what defines that is like they feel compelled, but they don't get any pleasure out of it. You know, it's totally different than a normal person or a person who's not addicted having sex. I got you. Yeah. So anyway, but but a lot of things can become addictive, you know, and I think that there there might be evidence that people who are addicted to things are seeking just that reward center in the brain, that rush of dopamine, essentially maybe to medicate themselves, you know, if they're feeling bad for some other reason, if they have unprocessed trauma in their past or... But what it takes with the winner-take-all kind of system that we have, I think that it incentivizes the kind of people that would be the least desirable in the positions to be in the positions absolutely i completely agree and this is why i've supported sort of ron paul i've never found this guy to be the the kind of guy that would be addicted to the power and i think that's why a lot of people got excited about him well i don't know he's almost 80 years old and he's still running for president because a lot of people want him to do you think he gets a rush out of it do you think he gets um pleasure out of you know going on the campaign trail Spreading the word, maybe, maybe getting I attention. I maybe. don't know. I mean, he certainly he's, he certainly gets a lot of attention. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. he's uh, basically a rock star at uh, what he does. But I think he does it if he does it for uh, you know addictive purposes. He does it in entirely sort of a different area. He's doing it because he likes the adulation of people that uh, you know want him to do the right thing or whatever. He he sure does seem a lot different and maybe more humble, I guess you could say, than other politicians. But some of them, it's blatant, you know, like they love the attention. They love the praise that they get. They love the, oh, Senator so-and-so, everything about it. And, you know, not to mention the the amount of presidents who have, you know, been caught kind of screwing around in the Oval Office, right? I'm sure they that's one of their benefits, too. The power is, uh, is sure. the most powerful aphrodisiac, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that there are some presidents that know to keep it to keep it at, uh, in their pants. But I think others, you know, that they take advantage of the opportunity. I think they think they can never get caught. You know, most some. of them. I, I don't and know. And not, not just with sex things, with other things too, like other things. Sure, I mean, money, I think they all yeah. have their their way of uh, you know getting getting theirs out of the the scenario. Yes, you know what you were saying about politicians loving the attention. It reminded me of a situation with Joe Biden. I was oh. at a convention uh, for talk radio show hosts. So uh-huh. re- read. 90% Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the Air America had sponsored the lunch. And so we got our food on Air America. And Rachel Maddow, who was then an Air American host, was doing an interview with Joe Biden. And these were just softball questions being pitched to him on the stage oh, in this kind sure. of a seated, uh, relaxed kind of interview thing. As we all uh, ate our food, we watched the uh, politician get interviewed by the, uh, um, the, the Democrat talk show host. Yeah. And... 
as he was ending the conversation, she gives him the last softball question. He's winding it up. He knows what he's going to say. He is raising his voice and then begins to stand. And at the very end of what he's saying, he raises his arms above his head. And waits for the applause in this room where no one applauds. <laughs> and it didn't seem to matter to him at all. I mean, there was a smattering of applause wow. from, you know, the Air America people that had sponsored the event. But I mean, you know, the most of us, I'm not going to applaud for any politician at all. And, you know, these Republicans weren't going to, uh, you know, applaud for this Democrat. So, I mean, it yeah. was just nothing. It was Crickets chirping. Oh wow! It was really That's funny. interesting, and he he didn't seem to care at all. Right? It, it didn't seem to affect him at all. Like his face was uh, stone on this one, and he was grabbing people's hands and shaking them while they were going out of the the, the room, and people were <laughs> making all kinds of comments to him. It was hilarious. I kind of oh. liked the guy just because he. You know, was shaking the hands at the door, and I guess I've touched the vice president or whatever. I don't know, but it's it's just kind of funny. It's uh, you know how, how politicians yeah. can be. Let me read the article here. I've been okay. yammering. Well, on. well, one more comment though. Yeah, uh, you know, okay, I've noticed this too about like people in academia. A lot of them want they love the fame. You know, they want to be recognized for their work. You know, they love it when people know who they are and they, oh, I've read your papers, Professor So-and-so. It's wonderful and, and that kind of thing. And you're kind of expected to to pay that forward to other people in academia, mm-hmm. too. You know, like you're supposed to know what everybody's most recent work is about and they're supposed to know what yours. And then you all kind of pat each other on the back. Excellent, and it's a big circle. excellent work in the New England Journal of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it can get like that sometimes. Sure. And so I don't know if it's just limited to politicians, but certainly politicians, it's the most dangerous because we don't get to, con- you know, we don't get to decide whether we want to be subject to what they want to do to us, you well, know, the power with we can ignore academics, but when, when they team up with government, you know, the p- politicians want more and more power. That's why uh, they always want the bigger office. Um, and, you know, I worked as a uh, radio talk show host. I've been doing this for years. And yeah. at one point, my station went under. And I had to go get work elsewhere. I, you know, the space team was supposed to come back, but there's like going to be two months worth of uh, employment. I don't know what's going on. Right. So I had to decide what am I going to do here? And I had a real sort of moral quandary. I, you know, I've always the kind of guy who would want to work with people, but I didn't want to work with people because I'm famous. I shouldn't be doing this. And I finally decided, you know, this is a, this is a place for spiritual growth. Mm. And I decided to go get a job driving a cab. Mm-hmm. And you know, whatever. I don't. I don't know what I got out of it besides uh, you know being able to make the mortgage payment. But uh, you know, it's, I, mm-hmm. I think that uh, pride. You could say that's important, yeah. right? Good. So I, will, I promise I'll start reading this article in the next... We uh, do have a call on the line. Okay. Uh, Adrian's waiting patiently, but we'll get to her when we come back. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is the number if you want to call us in the last segment of the show. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. gold.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. So glad to have you here with us, but we're in the last segment of this evening's program. So if you want to call us, you better do it quick at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And this is Stephanie. And Mark. And we've got a call on the line, Mark. Adrian is listening in Kentucky. And Adrian wants to talk about power. As we were discussing last segment, Adrian, are you with us? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, tell us what's on your mind. Well, on the Free Talk Live Facebook wall, I shared a link to a Daily Mail article on power. And I guess there's a study that's been done that kind of, I wouldn't say proves, but conclusively at least points in the direction that it is actually addictive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wonder if this is the same study that Mark uh, had brought in this evening. Possibly. I don't remember what site that one was from. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm sure there are plenty of places uh, reported on it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But in my personal life, I've found that I I think that I was a manager in a call center for a very long time, and uh, as that call center kind of winded down because it was moving to another state, um, I found that I felt like I was getting kind of power DTs because <laughs> I knew DTs that my job was ending. Is delirium tremens, yeah. right, when you come down from alcohol binge or whatever, right? Yeah. 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 So, and I, and you asked earlier uh, the to the audience what their favorite drugs are, and caffeine and marijuana would be mine, but... I can't use marijuana anymore, so... I see. Why? What kind of job do you have? Drug testing? No, no drug testing. Um, I I can actually uh, use it in the, uh, I guess, ingested format, but I'm no good at doing that. I'm no good at actually making, like, I don't know, pot brownies or anything like that. So, but when I smoke marijuana, I get panic attacks and all kinds of anxiety issues and mm, sorry to hear that it doesn't you know, seem like it's really it, worth it then yeah exactly <laughs> stick with the caffeine no, does the no. caffeine get, make you anxious no but it, it does make me uh kind of go through the roof like it i mean it definitely has a stimulant effect but yeah it doesn't it doesn't cause a you know a panic response it, it just you know even a little bit of elation or something but gotcha uh, and it's, it's very strange with, with, with marijuana. Uh, you know, smoking it, I, I get that, that panic attack, oh, my God, I'm going to die feeling, hmm. you know. But if I eat a, you know, a pot brownie, I, it, it's like it goes the exact opposite way. It's like super relaxed. Very, very strange. That is but interesting. In my early 20s, that's been a factor. Yeah. Interesting, Adrian. Well, thanks for sharing your experiences with us. Uh, I have to say I can kind of relate to caffeine. Like, I'm I'm a pretty big caffeine consumer. I know, Mark, you have uh, issues with caffeine oh, as yeah. well. <laughs> I freak out um, if, uh, if, if I ingest caffeine too much of it. Yeah, I, I, I've gone overboard with it a few times. Like, there have been just a few weeks in my life. Like, I'm, I'm a very busy person, and sometimes I don't get as much sleep as I would like. And so I start relying on caffeine as a crutch. 
you know, and then I'm drinking more and more of it and I have to stay up late again and get some work done. And then suddenly, uh, you know, I've drank a lot of caffeine and it's late at night and I'm trying to go to sleep and I am just my heart is pounding. You know, I'm thinking paranoid thoughts almost. You're a, you're a medical student. And this is something that's often talked about through medical students. So this will happen is they'll get on this caffeine alcohol roller coaster. You know, they'll drink the caffeine yeah, to get and going downer. <laughs> and they'll drink the alcohol to get uh, to go to bed. And then, yeah. you know, the next morning it starts all over again. You know, six hours later, this is a terrible way to live. Absolutely. Which is why I think many med students suffer from depression and they're unhappy. You know, I saw a documentary uh, that followed these like 10 or 15 Harvard medical school students for like 15 years. And the striking thing about it was that none of them ended up happy. (laughs) You know, they, they started off and they seemed pretty happy. You know, a lot of them had relationships and lives and hobbies and stuff like that. And then time goes on, you follow them through med school and they're like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm going to kill myself. And then they go through residency and they're, oh, I'm so stressed. When am I going to start living my life? Then they get out into the world. And, you know, a lot of them didn't practice medicine because they were too stressed out. A lot of them got divorced, you know, had been Mm -hmm. divorced several times. Some of them, there was one guy who was like an anti-authoritarian and he couldn't get a job because he had long hair and he didn't like to wear suits. So there you go. What does it get you? (laughs) What is it good for? Absolutely not. Well, speaking of drugs here, the article I've got says that uh, Powers is addictive as cocaine. Uh, This is from telegraph.co.uk. It's written by Dr. Ian Robertson. It says, democracy, the separation of judicial powers and the free press all evolved for essentially one purpose, to reduce the chance of leaders becoming power addicts. Mm -hmm. Power changes the brain, triggering increased testosterone in both men and women. Testosterone and one of its uh, byproducts called 3-androstanidol. Androstanidol. Okay, thank you. Are addictive (laughs) largely because they increase dopamine in a a part of the brain's reward system called the nucleus accumbens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the nucleus accumbens is involved with addiction and dopamine. Cocaine has uh, effects through this system also, and by hijacking our brain's reward system, it can give short-term extreme pleasure but leads to long-term addiction with all that um, with all that it entails unfettered power has almost identical effects but in the light of yesterday's levinson inquiry uh, interchanges in london uh, i don't know what that's regarding exactly there seem to be less chance of british government ministers becoming addicted to power why because it appears from the emails released by james murdoch yesterday that they appeared to be submissive to the all-powerful murdoch empire so i guess it's <laughs> something to do with the rupert murdoch uh, things well you know this is interesting because one of the hallmarks of addiction is escalation. And yes. what, what that means is that you constantly, it starts off and you get a fix and you're satisfied with a certain amount of whatever thing you're addicted to. And then suddenly it gets more and more and more and more. And you, you need more and more to get that rush and, and what you're looking for. And so you just build up this tolerance and you, and you constantly crave more. And actually, this is something that Barry Cooper, who was a former drug cop, Right. And he has his videos never get busted. He's said this many times that, you know, when he started out, he wasn't doing this. But eventually in his career, he would actually leave people people's handcuffs unlocked when he would try to run. So they try to run and he would get to chase them down and beat them up. 
I Absolutely. mean, that sounds like a real example of escalation to me. Well, here's what the scientist says to say. Too much power and hence too much dopamine can disrupt normal cognition and emotion, leading to gross errors in judgment and imperviousness <laughs> to risk. Oh, yeah. Not to mention huge egocentricity and lack of empathy for others. I mean, yeah. this just... This just they don't care about anything else. They have to get that fixed. Absolutely. To people who are in positions of power often. I mean, the, the stereotype... I'm sure there are folks, folks that uh, you know don't want to be there, that are probably l- less affected by it. But you know, I mean, this is the science is out there. The yeah. poli- politics that power, the power corrupts. Yes, power is addictive. Yes, and that nobody is impervious. And yet we continue to hold <laughs> on to this right, idea, <laughs> this model where you know this. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but this monopoly. That's what governments have sort of been throughout time since the agrarian revolution where tribes began to steal other members of other tribes turn them into slaves and create this hierarchical system where you know people told other people what to do if not they'd get the lash or the death penalty or whatever they'd get we're not that far from this you know what has taken the place of the king is now the group the group can vote on an individual that individual gets into place but when incumbents don't are, are you know have a 90 plus percent chance of being reinstated into their yeah. office yeah i mean tell me these aren't little kings yeah i can't tell you that because they are <laughs> little princes little dukes little, little earls um uh, you know little little governors and that you know, the results are the same and this- and imperviousness to risk right or or whatever the 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 flaws in judgment we see this time and time again with the politicians who will do things like you know, maybe they're they're really anti-gay, but they're posting pictures of themselves on gay dating websites and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Or they are embezzling a lot of money. Was it, who was that mayor that like embezzled all this money from the city? At, there were lots of them actually. <laughs> D.C. mayor, Rhode Island mayors. Uh, they out all in did California, that. it was terrible. What was going on in one pl- bell? I think it might have been was the name of the place. Uh-huh. But you know, this is this is what happens because they don't think it's them. They think it's their responsibility to force the rules on other people, but they don't think the rules apply to them. And mm-hmm. the evidence is really strong for this. And people that revere the idea of republics and that kind of thing, I mean, we need new technology, new ideas in we the a- area of governance. beyond the state. And this is Free Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in this evening. You can always find us on the internets at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is live seven nights a week, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> 